Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. World War I ended on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. Thus, we celebrate Veterans Day on the 11th day of the 11th month of each year. This American holiday honors everyone who has served in any branch of the United States Armed Forces. In my first career advice book, Get the Job Done, which was self-published in 2013, I dedicated an open letter to veterans. My upcoming career advice book entitled GPS to Employment Success, How to Find and Succeed in the Right Job, will be traditionally published and should be available around March of 2021. My publisher, Business Expert Press, suggested that I consider updating my first book, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Based on page limitations, however, sections of my first book were not included or will not be included in GPS to Employment Success. But because Veterans Day is so close, and I feel strongly about career advice for veterans, this podcast episode is devoted to them. My plan is to read my open letter to veterans as it appeared in Get the Job Done, adding whatever I consider useful to their career pursuits and whatever comes to mind. Dear veterans, first and foremost, thank you for your service to our country. One of the biggest advantages you have as veterans in a very competitive job market is that your countrymen and women are sincerely grateful to you for your contribution to our national security. As you begin to look for work, take a deep breath and prepare yourself for the task ahead. You should set reasonable expectations so you don't become discouraged if you don't find a job immediately. There are so many ways people can help you if you don't limit yourself to contacting people you know or contacting people you may not know and only use social media as your means to do so. Online networking is a critical element of the job search dynamic, but don't ever underestimate the value of face-to-face contact after the pandemic is over, that is. People can introduce you to other people who will introduce you to other people. 
someone may be an HR representative who can review your resume, give you feedback. Someone may, I don't know, know someone else who has an open position. The possibilities are endless, but it takes time, patience, and perseverance. But you also have to let people know that you need and want help. That's critical. People can't help you if they don't know you need help. And you may have to swallow pride and tell people that you need help. Ask them, can you help me? I'm a veteran looking for a job. Once you say you're a veteran, people will be willing to help. We are so grateful for your contribution to our national security. As you search for employment, it's important to gather information about where job opportunities are and the businesses that are hiring. I strongly suggest that you conduct multiple Google searches. Who's hiring veterans? What companies are hiring veterans? Jobs that are hiring veterans. You have to be creative. You have to do multiple searches. One search may not get you everything that you need. You also should incorporate the reasons to hire you as a veteran. If you look at some of the articles that are written about the reasons for hiring veterans, they are reliable. They work well on teams. These are attributes that veterans have and that employers are looking for and welcome. You should include the reasons to hire veterans in your introductory emails, cover letters, marketing pitches, resumes, and thank you communications. And please do not ever forget to include thank yous. Always at the end of an interview, a networking event, or or just a chance meeting. You have, if you know how to get in touch with the person and you shouldn't end the connection without getting contact information, that's critical. Make sure you follow up and thank them for their time. Even if nothing came of it, they will remember you. Now, to incorporate your attributes in uh, your marketing pitch, begin by introducing yourself. Typically, before the pandemic, you would have extended a hand to shake someone's hand. We're not close now. We're not in person. We're not face-to-face. You may be conducting interviews or networking opportunities virtually. Since you're going to be virtual, you want to keep smiling. You want to have a pleasant countenance. You want to make people think, oh, what a pleasant-looking person. Make sure that when you appear on these virtual platforms, you're pulled together. I know as former military, I don't have to remind you about that. But let's take this marketing pitch example. Consider starting it this way. Hello, I'm Joe. I'm returning to civilian life after 10 years in the military. I served in the Army. My demonstrated ability to learn new skills and concepts resulted in my selection to become an assistant instructor 18 months after I joined the service. Subsequently, 
I was also selected by my peers to lead our team's community service initiative. My security clearances speak to my integrity and trustworthiness. I'd welcome any guidance and input you can provide about my future employment possibilities and opportunities. How nice does that sound? You've identified that the skills that you have, that you were selected after being on the job for just a short period of time, a relatively short period of time, you were selected to become an instructor. 18 months is not that long. And also your peers selected you to lead a community service initiative. So you're a recognized leader and team player. And then you throw in your trustworthiness and integrity as evidenced by your security clearances. And you ask for help. I welcome the opportunity. I welcome any guidance you can give me. I welcome input that you can provide. It's succinct to the point, but it captures everything. You don't want to be too wordy. Speaking of wordy, communication is an essential job search skill. Like non-English speaking civilians who are looking for employment, veterans have to translate your military skills. Your military skills, not only your skills, but your experience and training and the language. The language is different. You have to be able to communicate to human resources, people, recruiters, and even hiring managers exactly what you did and why that meets what their their job description, their job qualifications, and why they should even consider talking to you. Whether it's an, an a virtual interview, a telephone interview, but you want to make you want to make them want to talk to you, to be in touch with you, to connect with you. You have to have the hook. It has to be, this is what I've done. This is how I did it. This was the result, but short, pithy, to the point. Now, you will find information online that will help you what what we call de-jargon or reword military terms and result in better communications about what you can bring to the table and the value you can add to any organization. One thing to keep in mind in your oral and uh, written communications and interactions are employers' perceptions about veterans. Some of the common favorable perceptions are that you, one, play by the rules because the military requires compliance and there are consequences if rules are not followed. Two, that you respect and honor the chain of command and believe that superior officers are due respect and orders should be obeyed. Three, you are a team player and loyal to your compatriots. Four, you are mission-directed and therefore trained to be goal-oriented. That is, you stay the course unless ordered to do otherwise until the mission is achieved. And finally, five, you have a neat, buttoned-up appearance. Additional favorable perceptions may be found on the internet, and I suggest that you go through them because 
once you review them and you see how many they are, they're numerous. You're in a, a favorable position to become employed. You have skills and training that the employer doesn't have to replicate. Now, although you should focus on the favorable perceptions, you should nonetheless be aware that there are also less favorable perceptions. Here are a few. Your reluctance to question authority may not translate to civilian life. Unsolicited feedback and input are generally encouraged and expected in civilian workplaces. You may want to practice that. You may not be used to questioning a superior officer, and although it's not wise or prudent to question a manager, you can raise issues or ask questions that will cause your civilian manager to ask you questions in pursuit of exactly what it is you had on your mind so that it's not like you're challenging him or her but you just have you have a thought that may be helpful beneficial it may be something that should be considered so that's something you want to practice there's also the promotional opportunities in civilian life are more plentiful and are handled more systematically in the military. Now, given the economy, given the fact that companies have a tendency to reorganize, especially in tight economies, people end up, and people, specifically employees, end up doing more, uh, not necessarily for less money, but for with fewer people. Fewer employees end up doing more work because people are not buying goods and services the way they used to uh, because the economy is has taken a hit. So you want to position yourself to be adaptable to your civilian environment. What I strongly suggest is that you find a civilian mentor. Mentors can be very helpful. That's something I will come back to because I think it's something that you should strongly consider. But let's continue. The other negative perception is that you're not used to keen competition and the more competitive environment found in many workplaces. Now, that really depends on the type of environment that you're looking to work in. Every place is not highly competitive. Every workplace is not highly competitive. Whether it's true or not, there's a perception that the public sector workplaces, they're not highly competitive, that there's not a sense of the compelling sense of getting the work done, getting it done at the highest level. Of whether that's whether that's fair or unfair, that is the perception. As one who has worked in the corporate setting, nonprofit, governmental setting, I've been on a board of a, of a nonprofit. It's not considered the place to work if you want to be highly successful. You don't work in government. You go into government after you've worked in 
perhaps corporate America or in a private firm. You've been trained at the highest level. You hit the ground running and then you you segue into government so that you can make a contribution to the country, to the state, to your surroundings. And I know that sounds trite, but it's the truth. When you look at people who work in government, typically they worked in other environments and they go to they go to government because they they want to contribute to the public good. But you should conduct research around the jobs that you are interested in so that you fully you be you are fully aware, should I say, you are fully aware of what the perception is about the industry that you're uh, you're trying to find a job in, how people view it, whether people respect it, whether it's something that you really want to do and you know what you're getting into, whether it's government, whether it's private enterprise, whether it's fiscal, whether it's uh, arts, whether it's nonprofit, due diligence. You want to land somewhere where you won't be unhappy. Another negative perception, you may miss the camaraderie you enjoyed in the military. Esprit de corps, that is the common spirit existing among the members of a group and inspiring enthusiasm, devotion, and strong regard for the honor of the group. It may look different from what you expect, it may look different in, in, in civilian life. Additional less favorable perceptions are, you may find those also on the internet. As I said, conduct, conduct a Google search, multiple Google search searches. Now that you know some of the challenges in terms of perception, do your best to present yourself in a manner that highlights the favorable ones instead of the unfavorable ones. You are military proud as you should be, but your pride should not get in the way of the networking you will have to do to maximize your ability to find a job. Remember, whatever the perception, your formal military training, ability to perform under pressure, and security clearances make you an attractive candidate for employment. I leave you with this thought. You are already desirable candidates because of your training, your professional appearance, your respect for authority, and your can-do, will-do attitude. Spend as much time daily looking for a job as you would if you were working, and you'll find the job opportunity you're looking for. After you find that job, rely on your military training and experience to achieve success. Again, thank you for your service to our country. And good luck to you all. Sincerest regards, Beverly. Now, I mentioned that was the end of the reading from the book, the letter, the open letter to uh, veterans. But I suggested that you find a civilian mentor. And there are any number of reasons for that, for this. You may not have had much civilian work experience. And it is, it is different from military experience. The workplace is different. Uh, it has evolved over, over the years. It's different. And 
you need help in guiding, being guided through that different terrain. It's not anything that I think that you are used to, but it's nothing you cannot conquer. Now, having said that, what do, why do you need a mentor? You need a mentor to guide you. You need a mentor to help you navigate through the workplace terrain that you hope to be working in. You're going to be working with a lot of different people. Being a military person, you're not unfam- difference is not unfamiliar to you. You've worked with different people from different countries, different religions, different cultures. So that won't be the difference. The difference may be for you as a military person, how outspoken and candid some of the people in the workplace will be. And I don't mean at high levels. Uh, There seems to me, in some instances, to be a lack of civility. And for you, that may be difficult to navigate. It may come as a surprise to you. You will need, I think, someone to aid in your ability to handle such situations without issue. I see personally, my perspective, and this is just my perspective, I see mentoring as an opportunity. I see it as being powerful. I see it as being a responsibility on both sides, the mentor and the mentee. I think it's a benefit. So let me tell you why I think it's an opportunity. For the mentee, it's an opportunity to learn from someone who should have more experience and knowledge in a certain area than you have. Usually a more senior person uh, in terms of years, either senior in terms of years of experience, work experience, or years in terms of life experience, both are significant. Do not poo-poo either one of them. It is also an opportunity for the mentor to help someone develop. There is a warm feeling that a person gets when they've made a difference in someone's life, when they've helped someone along the way. I know that people who helped me along the way have told me that. And I've experienced, uh, although I don't, I don't mentor formally, there are young people who I give advice uh, to uh, whether sometimes whether they ask for it or not. But I feel a sense of accomplishment, a sense of giving back. And, and, and that is an opportunity, but it is also powerful because by, by sharing information, sharing knowledge, people are being developed. And it's a two-way street. I submit to you that mentors learn as much as they teach. And, and that's, that's really important. Another reason to get a, a, a mentor is it will, if it's a, if it's a, a, a dynamic exchange, 
it can encourage you as a mentee, as the person being mentored, to think differently, to not to have one narrow view, but to step in someone else's shoes and see it from their point of view, their perspective. And that can make all the difference in the world. That is another benefit. Several other benefits, it can help you become more effective at work. If you talk through a problem with your mentor, you may find that the way you perceive the situation is not the way your mentor sees the perceives the situation. And the exchange of ideas, perspectives may come, you may come up with an altogether point, different point of view, one that you had not even considered. When you, when you think about it, the only one you may have considered was your point of view. After hearing the mentor's point of view, that makes a second one. And if the two of you talk and come up with another point of view, that's a third one. So different ways of viewing a problem, a project, invaluable. You may also learn new skills, new communication skills, new skills around team building and teamwork, uh, new leadership skills. If your mentor is a leader, a seasoned professional, and has been successful, what he he or she shares with you, you can't it, it, you you can't afford it. You can't afford to buy it on the open market. Once you've acquired all this knowledge, additional knowledge, additional information, I think that you will feel more confident about transitioning from military service to civilian life and work. I truly hope that whatever it is that you want to do, that you are able to do. I know that you will find a job. I have no doubt that you will. One of the things I'm not worried about is that I know that if you decide to follow my advice and you decide to identify a civilian uh, mentor, I know that you will maximize your mentoring experience. I know that you will be reliable. I know that you will return your your mentor's uh, telephone calls. I know that you will attend and keep the commitments that you make to meet and to talk and to discuss your issues. I understand without hesitation that you will be the kind of person that a mentor will like to nurture and guide. I know that. You will ask for honest advice and constructive feedback. And I know that you won't be overly sensitive and you'll be able to accept it. I can't say that for everyone who listens to my podcast or reads my books, but military people are special. They know how to take it on the chin. And as long as you genuinely believe that the person giving you the information has your best interest at heart and is experienced and qualified 
and knows what they're talking about. Consider taking their advice. Don't take it if you strongly believe you shouldn't. You've gotten this far. I know that you will get further. I'm going to paraphrase General H. Norman Schwarzkopf's quotation. It doesn't take a hero to order men or women into battle. It takes a hero to be one of those men or one of those women who goes into battle. You have gone into battle by going into the service, whether you served in combat or not. You stepped up and would have stepped further if called upon to do so. We are grateful for your service. Happy Veterans Day. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at Williams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.